So tonight, we lay to rest two teams. And we'll start with Meet the Robinsons. Phillips' squad of 2023. Phillips, you never really had a chance as you started the year off one and four. Consistently around 100 points here and there, but never really living up to the potential of your squad. Oh, wow. Very convenient. Your quarterback seems to be Justin Herbert. Very much the same. A lot of promise, but ending in disappointment. You traded for Bijan Robinson very early with me back in week two, week three. You let go of Travis Kelsey and Raheem Mostert for Bijan. Now, Bijan was great, and it wasn't his fault. But Arthur Smith seemed to just not care for your fantasy squad. But the rest of your squad similar to what I talked about Phil's last week when it came to his depth it's pretty much dog shit DK Metcalf DeAndre Hopkins Calvin Ridley these players never really seem to get it together perhaps Calvin was on FanDuel most of the week. DK was in the gym, upset at cornerbacks that he hasn't played yet. And DeAndre Hopkins doing whatever the hell he was doing in Tennessee most of the year. You did get screwed by Nick Chubb in week two against the Steelers. That gruesome, gruesome injury. And your team could never come back from that. Some highlights, Brian Robinson in the eighth round, Blake's least favorite player in fantasy football. Fuck that guy. But you just never could get it going with your team. And I will always remember you playing Greg Dorch and Terry McLaurin over DK and DeAndre in a week that you needed to win. And the week that I needed you to win. And you let me down. So, meet the Robinsons. Better luck next year. Please don't draft Justin Herbert. And now we'll get into my team. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, how I wish this year was different. And how I should have known week one, my season was over. Monday night, Aaron Rodgers, the American flag, running out to MetLife. I was at work. My phone was out, not even paying attention to what I had going on. Watching, living, could not wait for my comeback week one against DeShane. But I saw it. We all saw it. The pop heard around the world. Aaron Rodgers out for the year. Torn Achilles. And then 
we had to live with him in the Pat McAfee show for the rest of this season, spewing absolute nonsense. But not only did that hurt my team, it hurt one of my players in Garrett Wilson. My second round pick, who I picked over guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, over C.D. Lamb, over Tony Pollard. Look, Garrett, I know you have potential and promise. But when you have Zach Wilson, Tim Boyle, and Trevor Simeon throwing you the ball the rest of this season, I should have sat your ass from week one on. I lost many weeks this year starting Garrett Wilson. Instead of some of these players that I picked in later rounds, like Michael Pittman in the 10th, Dalton Schultz, who I dropped in the 11th, Jalen Warren, who I picked in the 13th, Nico Collins, who I picked in the 14th, my draft was stacked, but they could never get it together. Players like Jalen Waddle in the third, Aaron Jones in the fourth, Drake London in the eighth. Yeah, you might have not done anything for my team, but I shipped your ass out as, as soon as I saw how bad you were. I got players like Lamar Jackson, like Tony Pollard, like A.J. Brown, like Travis Kelsey throughout the year. But none of those players can do anything together. And that is why Alvin and the Chipmunks at 5-8 and eight has been eliminated. We'll always have those fun times of me dreaming about Alvin Kamara and Jonathan Taylor together in the backfield on my squad. And while they did play for a couple weeks, some stinkers... But there's nothing stinkier than Lamar Jackson. Lamar, you started my year off, and I was so excited. A couple back-to-back games where there was 28 points scored. And there was one week where you scored 33. But the rest of this season, you only scored 20 points one other time in the last 10 weeks. So, Lamar... Even though you contributed to my team scoring 177 points one week, the highest point total in a single by a single team this year, and I will take that to my grave this year. Alvin and the Chipmunks, we say goodbye to another disappointing fantasy season, and we look forward to next year where I get absolutely screwed again. But that's what keeps us coming back is the promise of fantasy football. So long, Alvin and the Chipmunks. We'll be seeing. It is Wednesday, December 6th. This is the Northside Story Podcast. I am your host, Blake the Cat Miller. I'm joined by always Jake Bakke. Jake, how are you? Um... I'm focusing on my other leagues. I don't even know. What is this league called again? This league's dead this to me. This is the Northside North Side 2023 yeah. season. Look, um, we're just, I'm going to just get through these today and just hopefully not think about my squad. All I know is that I will be scoring points in the consolation bracket. So if you want to try and fight my team in the consolation bracket, I am 100% coming in seventh place. Can I, can I ask you something? Um, 
I've thought about this because I'm a commissioner in, a, in another league, and what I love is that like we already have people that are quitting. Like I have like quitters in my league, so it sucks. <laughs> so I have to stay on top of them about like staying on top of it. But now what's cool with ESPN, there's the auto fuck function where you can like put managers on auto. Can you imagine a world where we can like for the constellation bracket say? If you win the constellation bracket, so you just said right there, let's say you get seventh place, you win it. Do you think it would ever make sense where we could reward you for winning the constellation bracket for like you get your pick at which draft spot you want to draft next year? Hmm. That wouldn't be the worst idea. Um, Because it's like definitely snake. Yeah. It'd be like seven, eight, nine, ten, they get to pick. And then the whoever makes the playoffs, that gets randomized. Yeah, I mean, that would be cool. I, I definitely think there would be a perk to winning the Constellation Bracket. I don't think it should be anything monetary. I don't think any money should yeah. be involved. But I do think there might be something, you know, attached to it um, so that perhaps whether it is you have higher chances for a specific draft uh, slot, kind of like a lottery-based uh, system. But, yeah, um, yeah, that's maybe something that we can we can discuss. Yeah, because I like that because, like, while the playoff season is going to be coming up, I just I, – I like that I like that we can still have something in place where the waiver wire is still active because, sure. like, right now it's like everyone just busted all their fab all over the place. So it's like now you're only going to be fighting with, like, five other people in the, in the waiver wire. But if we had some sort of mechanism in place that empowered fantasy owners to stay involved in the constellation bracket that would be pretty cool i don't know that's something that i've been you know what we are this is this is breaking news we're gonna put this to a vote to the league wow whoa okay cool you never listen to any of my ideas so that's awesome usually your ideas are trash i i'm telling you i like the double win one but we're not gonna get i mean i actually probably would have made the playoffs if that was the case i would not have so i'm (laughs) not in favor of that um so we're back it's wednesday like i said um, we've got a lot going on in our lives, Jake. And so we are going to be shifting, I think, permanently to a one, one pod a week. And how the structure is going to go is we're going to do the intro. We're going to go and we're going to touch on everything that happened that past week. The important stuff, the glass, or I was about to make up another phrase. I'm glad I didn't, I'm glad I didn't go through it. Yep. Go Shout over everything out, that uh, happened. Three-legged horse. You'll hear this later. Yeah, in you'll hear that. Uh, three-legged horse. Uh, early too, early in the pod you'll hear it but um we'll go over everything that happened last week and then each episode we'll highlight now after this week we'll highlight all the playoff matchups because this is the last week we have as you were up to three three dead owners in this league we have you we have phillips we have phil and then after this week one more owner will be buried in the playoff season will start that one specific matchup will be our matchup of the week, and that will decide that last spot. Spoiler alert, it's going to be me, the cat, going up against Team Mercier. And while that is the only spot at play, a lot of interesting matchups, a lot of interesting bye weeks, bye week scenarios are in play. We got a lot going on. It's going to be episodes might be a little bit longer. But we'll try to keep them short, um, but we want to make sure it's. It's fun, concise, insightful because we're getting to the end of the fantasy football season. We're excited. We're excited to have you listen to us 
and we're excited to get into this episode, Jake. Are you ready? Yeah, and I just want to say before we get into it, we did not discuss myself and Steph's matchup. I will say about Steph's team, good squad. We have nothing to say about my team. My team's dead. Steph, make sure your players get extra uh, extra time to rest this week because you had a rough week. Uh, shout out to Tank Dell. Hell of a fantasy star this year, out for the year. But we have a couple other players on our squad that need to get back quickly so she can put together a playoff run. But Steph, your team's looking decent for the playoffs. Rough week. But we will talk about your team next week when you are, since you are firmly in the playoffs. And hashtag Jake was wrong. As promised, we're going to go over... We're going to touch on, actually, we're not going to go over all the matchups. We're going to touch on uh, the matchup of the the last week as we transition this podcast to two episodes a week to one episode because we've got a lot of things going on, Jake. But we got a lot of things going on outside the fantasy football world. But this league is it's almost crystallizing in terms of the standings. And there's just so much going on in this past week. We saw. We saw a lot of just interesting things. We talked about um, my team just before. I was bragging about my fantasy matchups heading into this week, and you pulled up my last week's matchups, and I had across the board just like no – there was not a matchup, I think, um, or like a a a defensive ranking like above 17. It was like 17, 20, 21. I put up – oh, you know what? I was going to correct myself. I was going to say the lowest point outing of the week of the year. But my 60 points actually output Meet the Robinsons. But And sorry to bring that up, Jake. The Cat getting 60 points in the loss, losing to House Targaryen 106-60. And then Meet the Robinsons losing 54-107. to You want to explain what what's the significance of those two losses, Jake? Well, in, in the monologues that we I had just gone over, uh, definitely touched on both you and Phillips <laughs> kind of. Screw you mentioned that <laughs> for the uh the last week of the season and having any sort of relevancy. So both you losing to teams. Um actually you you and Steph def- didn't necessarily matter too much. It would have been nice if you beat Steph because I played Steph the last week. That would have been a cool um, you know, whoever wins that matchup goes into the playoffs, but instead with you losing, now you face Sam and whatever matchup. Uh, whoever wins that matchup, they go into the playoffs. So that's definitely our matchup of the week this week. But heading over to Sam's, same thing with Phillips losing to Sam. Sam goes to six and seven. You losing goes to six to seven. I am still five and eight. And <clears throat> uh, both of you play each other next week. So someone's going to be six. Um, sorry, sorry, someone's going to be seven and seven, uh, 500 and make the playoffs. And someone's going to be six and eight and miss out. So that's exciting for the league. Not great for me as I just, just absolutely unlucky. Some of these weeks with some of these um, games and looking at the, you know, I'm going to finish top three, top four points four, uh, And that's rough. That's really rough Uh, points against. I'm kind of in the middle, but I was looking and I believe three of my losses, maybe four of my losses this year were less than 10 points. Shout out um, Rum Runners. Yeah, he beat me twice by less than uh, two points each time, and then, <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, like my, all my wins this year, uh, my five wins, I believe I've I won by more than twenty points, 
which is just frustrating in the sense that like I knew I had a good team the entire season. And I still think I have a good team. It's just one that never really could put anything together for consistency. I think I had the longest win streak I had was two, two wins, maybe three, actually no two wins for sure was the, excuse me, the longest one that I had, but I had a losing streak of three or four that really kind of put me down. Um, and, and I kind of knew once I lost to Nick a couple weeks back by less than two points, that Monday night disaster, uh, Kansas city, Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I kind of knew that it was going to be hard to, to come back and I needed a lot of things to fall my way. And unfortunately they didn't. So, um, yeah, so those, those matchups we t- touched on, uh, one that, you know, Nick wanted to make sure that we talked about yes, and mostly yes. because of what I said last week, uh, you know, a couple things with me thinking that Trey was going to beat Nick was an easy, uh, easy win for Trey and then also an easy win for a Shane over Phil. But the opposite happened, of course. And uh, Nick with a 156, which I believe is his highest output this season, All Trey time. with a 150. Um, I think Trey had like a 160 or 170 a couple weeks ago. Um, and we were kind of talking about how his average has been 120. Trey's been turning it up a little bit lately, um, with especially with Tyreek and especially with Mike Evans, who has been awesome as of late. Um, <clears throat> but big week by Nick at 156. Um, and then of course the majority of his points, I should say the majority, but a lot of his points came from Debo, who had an insane game in Philadelphia. Philadelphia's defense is looking real bad. Um, but of course the Niners are looking real good as we get into the stretch run for not only fantasy playoffs, but you know, as the last five weeks, six weeks of the NFL season come to a, to a head. Um, and then just to touch on really quick with Phil, Phil playing spoiler. This was, this had a big implications on the buy as a Shane dropped to third. And now Trey and Nick are basically in the driver's seat for that uh, round one, uh, buy. And so this is big for a Shane. Because Shane had an easy matchup in Phil, but Phil dropping a 148. Um, and Shane's still putting up a, a good amount of points. He put up 131, had a good week. But Phil with that, you know, that Jamar Chase crazy 70, what was it, 75-yard touchdown that he had. Yeah. Sam Laporta had a great game. A-Chain had a couple touchdowns. So Phil definitely showed up this year and or this week. Definitely not this year. Uh, this week and dropped 148, which, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a tough situation for a Shane because I I do think no matter what because I think a Shane's going to come in third he has an easy week with that number six seed whether that is your team or whether that's Sam's but anything can happen as we saw in Phil and a Shane's matchup and and really it, we always talk about too it comes down to points for um, QB sneaks right now is leading the league um, we're going to dive into matchups I haven't explored those yet but. QB sneaks is just one win behind. I mean, a win, win depending on the matches between notorious run runners, whoever they play, if he's able to get tied with one of these teams, he's going to win that tiebreaker. So we talk about it throughout the entire year. The points matter. You got a team that's hot. QB sneaks. I agree with you. He is not a team that needs a buy because you're looking at two teams, uh, the cat and team Mercier, that's going to be locking up that sixth spot. Unless anything changes in terms of points for maybe, maybe not. It looks like team Mercier is about 30 points behind Fitch. So there could be some shuffling in that spot in the potential of Fitch loses, Sam wins. But um, QB Sneaks is not a team that is harboring points or, or is struggling to get to the finish line. Buys, buys perfect because you never want to be that team that's just rolling over, rolling over the fantasy football uh, schedule and just dominate everyone. Then you hop into the playoffs 
and you get you get ousted by a team that just had that like lucky rabbit foot especially like you never want to play against rum runners especially in the playoff season right now but um yeah those are the matchups that was the matchups last week very interesting it's setting the groundwork pretty much it's going to set the groundwork for we're setting up for the last playoff spot between sam and i but it's not just that we got some playoff. We have some bye week implications. Maybe some shifting in the maybe some shifting in the playoff seating. Maybe we can maybe forecast some upcoming matchups. But we got a lot going on. Let's move on to the week fourteen, last week of the fantasy football season. We got the notorious first place team. I feel like I've been saying that all goddamn season. First place. No, you team have. He's glorious. been in the first place. He hasn't. I don't think he's lost that first place title, has he? I think he lost the first place title the week that I beat him because I think. No, he was seven and zero. You were the first one to give him a loss. Well, he's so pretty much been there the entire way. I mean, maybe it's been two straight years. Yeah, yeah. It, Nine and four, that. first place. Notorious takes on the uh, reverse splits. Meet the Robinsons four and nine. Projected total 110 to the Notorious to 103. Meet the Robinsons. Seems pretty high for Meet the Robinsons. But um, Meet the Robinsons, obviously, eliminated from the playoff discussion. This was a big one for Trey Notorious. Locking up that uh, bye, that first uh, first round bye. Uh, there's some chances, I think, maybe not. But um, it really comes into seeding here. First, second place. It really depends on... Um, what we got going on in this league right now. Now, while points and I would say like points for and just the the quality of wins that the rum rum runners has, um, he may not be the most fearsome of a third seed, but this is a three legged horse, I think, in this league. There three legged race. Of- uh, I I like the three legged horse. Like, I, yeah, that too. That's a, that's what a great cool. the three legged horse, <laughs> uh, three legged race. <laughs> it is a. I would say it is a three legged race. Someone argues Steph needs to be added to the mix, but I digress. We can probably argue that. So first place is huge because there's a lot of bad teams at that bottom trash heap. I mean, we talk about. I'm gonna lump Brian's team in there. Probably unfair. I'm going to lump Brian's team. I'm going to lump my team. I'm going to lump Sam's team. So if you're getting that first round by the Notorious is going to have, I think these are those cake matchups against a 4-9 team that he has to take advantage of. Meet the Robinsons, Robinsons coming off of the season low. And it's not like he's one of these managers that has been like set up for like set my lineup on on Monday Tuesday like he's still active like he's still picking up guys yeah Phillips Phillips is not one that just like look at it on Wednesday and just set it and then just not even look back at it the rest of the rest of the year he definitely he always, is someone yeah. he has the fantasy football um he's got integrity you know. yes got exactly integrity. thank you integrity yeah um so not a cake not a cakewalk but meet the Robinson's obviously four nine for a reason notorious obviously nine four for a reason and when we talk about a nine and four notorious team, we have to start with really that quarterback duo that he has with Josh Allen, number one quarterback in all of football. And then we also have Tua. And it looks like this week it's always a who's who, who's going to be deploying this week. He's going to be rolling with Tua against Tennessee. Tennessee has been just a bad defensive team, especially through the air. You like that. And you obviously like Tyreek Hill, the number one wide receiver at all football. Um, I'm watching Hard Knocks with Dana, my wife right now. And, um, 
obviously they're showing all the Miami Dolphin highlights. And especially on that show, it's like every time you see just Tyreek just gets a t- – and, and she's like, like, are they, like, hyping this up? And I was like, no, every goddamn week that guy mm-hmm. hits one for 50. And he did it again last week. He did it twice last week mm-hmm. uh, against the Commanders. And this is definitely probably in the same scale of – same scale of a matchup i would depend this is a uh, exploitable matchup miami still hasn't like locked anything down in that division even though we're i mean still early in the year we're late in the fantasy football year we're still early in the football year that team's going to continue to push it's continue to rack up wins um because we saw last year that team actually crumble in december this is a team that's still out for blood tyreek hill is going to put up a million points in this matchup yeah, I mean, I I will say this. I'm really quick. I'm looking at Trey's team. This is not the team that he's going to be starting this week. Uh, I, I do think Josh Allen probably starts, of course, and I don't think Tyler Lockett plays over someone like a Josh Jacobs or even even a Christian Watson if he's healthy. Christian Watson has been really coming on as of late, um, and that Green Bay Packers team has been coming on. But to talk about Tyreek, yeah, look, I might have lost fantasy football. And I lost the buy-in, and I lost the you know the chance of being a champion. But Blake can attest as to other people as well. I am all in on my Tyreek Hill Offensive Player of the Year bet every single time. Um, I do have Tyreek in another league, and I've been doing pretty well in that league. I just love getting that notification that he has caught a receiving touchdown uh, because for the most part, they're fifty-yard plays, and easy. Like, they easy are fifty yards. They are, you know, 20, 30 yard catches and then just completely running away from the defense. Um, And he is someone that, you know, this Dolphins team has really kind of turned a corner. Now, these teams that they've played, yeah, they haven't been great, but that's not the fault of the Dolphins, I should say. They're just playing where they're playing at this moment. They played the Chiefs pretty tough when they played in Germany. Um, That was a close game that came down to like a final drive or at least in the fourth quarter. Um, They haven't necessarily shown it against teams over 500, um, but they can only play who they play on the schedule. So this is a matchup, though, in tennis, uh, against Tennessee at home Monday night where I am looking at it and I am excited that I have that bet, that 8-1, to $100 bet in because, I yeah, I see another big I – see, I see I think 20 points is on the low end for projections. Uh, I would look at 23 or 24, um, and that's, that's the absolute – um, that's the bottom. So I, I Tyreek, I think this is a great spot for him. The next few weeks after that, I know that he does play some difficult teams. Uh, the Jets secondary has always been tough. He did play them a couple weeks ago and still had nine catches for 102 yards and a touchdown. Dallas defense um, and Baltimore. So those are some tough defenses. I believe he needs to average 104 or 105 yards to break the all-time record as far as, or sorry, just to get to get to 2000 rush, uh, receiving yards, which will be the first person to ever do that. Um, and, you know, he's got five games left, so he needs about, I think it's about f- uh, around 500 yards. So yeah, excited for Tyreek because I definitely can see it. Um, but yeah, he, he is a cheat code when it comes to fantasy because he is someone that, I mean, I'm sure looking at his stats this year, there's only been two times he's gotten less than 10 and three times where he's gotten less than 20.3, which is incredible. Um, so, yeah, he is he is your automatic 20-point-a-game guy, which that doesn't happen very often. I believe Christian McCaffrey and him are probably the only two people that can do that. 
yeah, there's automatic 20-point guys, and then there's guys, wide receivers, that may, may not get the yardage or may not have, like, the crazy amount of catches. But there's guys that just have a knack for a touchdown, and that's Mike Evans. Mike Evans right now is just on a streak like no other. I can't even count. Like, normally, like, the beginning of the season where it's, like, four weeks in, I can be like, oh, he's had three touchdowns. Like, quick mental math here, we can just say that he's had almost a touchdown in every single game. If you extrapolate it, take those two they had against Indianapolis, plug it in on week six. Guy's a target. Guy's had over 20 points the last two weeks. He's had over 23 out of the last four. He continues to just make me look like an idiot where I thought I got this guy as a steal late in the draft uh, come draft season, and I just shipped him off for George Kittle, which George Kittle has been beneficial to me. Yeah, very good year. Very good year, but still uh, top six wide receiver, especially – where there was huge question marks with Baker coming in. Like, okay, like, it's not Tom Brady. Tom Brady definitely had a connection. The And honestly, with Mike Evans, with Tom Brady, there was wide inconsistencies. Like, he was primarily used as, like, end zone. Like, there was a couple of games where he had, like, two catches, and it was, like, uh, two touchdowns or, like, one touchdown. Like, Mike Evans, the role that he has in this offense is is unlike that I would have ever expected out of, out of him. You mentioned this isn't going to be a starting lineup. Uh, TJ Hawkinson's also in the mix. My only question, he uh, he was able to score. He was able to score last week, um, get that point totals up. But uh, targets, targets has dipped ever since um, the addition of Joshua Dobbs. That could be maybe a little bit of a uh, of the weak point of his lineup because, I mean, TJ Hawkinson's, while he's still the number one tight end, so it's not going to twist it there. It's not like he's added complete inefficiency, but – my only question mark would be there. You mentioned Josh Jacobs going against Minnesota. Um, he's top top ten running back. He's going to find a way to get in the lineup, but um, it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Meet the Robinsons. And I'm not going to go over the complete Meet the Robinsons lineup because no, there's no need to. There's All no I will say to. this is that it's nice that you're finally playing your best players. Who? Oh, for Meet the Robinsons. Yeah. Yeah, a little too. No, late. Greg Dorch this week, huh? No Greg Dorch and who was the other guy? Uh, DK Metcalf is in the starting lineup. This yeah, week. I know. DK and DeAndre are in there. No Terry McLaurin or Greg Dorch. I will say I will say that um, I see Notorious winning this matchup. Um, while I don't want to go over all of me, the Robinsons guys, he does have interesting pieces on his lineup like he's had all year. Problem with his team has just been uh, uh, inefficiency and – pretty much just I get one guy hot and then I got a couple of guys cold on my team. Um, Mm -hmm. Calvin Ridley has came on as of late, except for last week. He sucked. He's had two big games prior to this before the Cincinnati game. I don't know how you could start him going forward with uh, CJ Beathard in the mix now. Mm -hmm. He's more of like a running guy. I love CJ Beathard. I think it's an interesting, interesting dilemma for the Jacksonville Jaguars offense uh, for the rest of the year. I haven't looked into what T Law is he out, Jake, for the rest of the season? No, I, I think it was. I think it was just uh, considered an ankle sprain. Um, oh, really? It looked a lot worse. Yeah, and I think it's. Uh, it looks like it w- it's going to be um, for the next two to three weeks at least. Um, so yeah. just probably getting him ready to go for the playoffs if they yeah. get there. If, if um, they have a good record, still, I think they're eight and four, maybe. So mm-hmm. um, I think they. I think they still get there with maybe a win or two, but. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's hard to see what Calvin can do, but 
Yeah, I mean, having some guys like Bijan, you never know what Herbert can do some games. If that's a high-scoring game, you know, he can get you still 25 points. Um, and the guys on his team can score touchdowns. Like, yeah, we've seen DK get those touchdowns. We've seen Jake Ferguson score touchdowns. I do expect the Cowboys to actually win on Sunday against the Eagles. Whoa. Um, the Eagles have just been playing very, very lucky football in their wins. Um, and the Cowboys offense just looks incredible. Um, you know, sprinkle, sprinkle some money on Dak MVP right now while you can. Wow. Jake, you have all the hot takes. We'll save it for the betting section at the end. Um, are you also taking notorious in this matchup, Jake? Yeah, that's it's. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's a given the way that Trey consistently puts up points, one twenty at least. I don't. I'm not sure if Phillips will be able to get there. Moving along, second place, Rum Runners nine and four takes on Red Cross Squad four and nine ninth place. We got reverse splits here, rivalry matchup here. We got Phil against Nick. This is always a sneaky one. This is always a sneaky one. Uh, this is a big one for Rum Runners. Rum Runners is on the bottom scale of points four. Um, he is getting chased right now by QB sneaks. In the event, I'm a, I in the event that Rum Runners loses this matchup and QB sneaks is able to pull out the victory against Fitch, this will bump Rum Runners out of the second place spot, put him into third place. Um, because I think even if Notorious loses as well, I think he, depending on the scores, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine Notorious like putting up like a 40 burger and Nick putting up like a 160 and losing. But I think it's fair to assume that with this loss potentially to Red Cross squad, that Rum Runners will drop to third place and have to take on the sixth place team. So we dive into this matchup. We got a projected totals, um, 104, 108, two Red Cross squad. Uh, Red Cross squad is buoyed by guys like CJ Stroud, Jamar Chase, who just had a big game on Ron St. Brown. That's always, it's always prime for a big game. Um, and we got, I, yeah, I guess the Detroit lions, we got Sam Laporta who just came on, who's just been like a revelation in the tight end spot. Talked about it a couple episodes ago, just how exciting the next crop of tight ends are going to be while we see a promise with Sam Laporta and what we see, we see just, constant frustration on the other side with Kyle Pitts, even though he's an amazing talent. Um, a chain is in the lineup. We saw him get a couple of like late touchdowns, really cement, re cementing his role into the uh, Miami running back room and Jameer Gibbs. You never know what you're going to get. Normally it doesn't matter with Phil. Phil's done. We've already buried him weeks ago, but what's interesting and why I want to highlight his team is that we look at a previous matchup at the beginning at earlier in the year week five phil put up 153 on nick Mm -hmm. and that there's something with this matchup that um while the notorious meet the robinsons i'm so notorious in that matchup i'm i'm leaning phil here jake i'm i'm leaning on the red cross squad to spoil to play uh to play spoiler here are you with me there um I don't know. There, there are some tough matchups um, for Phil. I do think CJ Stroud at the Jets can be a tough one, only because playing at the Jets has been really has been unkind to a lot of quarterbacks. Justin Herbert, one of his worst games was at the Jets. Josh, one of Josh Allen's worst games this year was at the Jets. Patrick Mahomes didn't have a great game at the Jets. So 
there have been some players um, that have had low fantasy outputs. Also, no Tank Dell the rest of the season. Um, he is out. Um, and so I, I think that's going to be a big, big loss. Now, they do have good weapons still, in my opinion. I think with Nico Collins, Noah Brown, Robert Woods, um, even John Mechie, like they have four guys right there that are decent Dalton wide Schultz receivers. Um, was Dalton Schultz out last week? I feel like he was I, out last week. Okay, so I'm not sure if he's playing this week. That's not something that I've look looked up. It. But um, yeah, I mean, CJ Stroud's matchup is tough, um, but he has shown over the course of this season that, you know, even he does get rushing touchdowns at times. He gets, you know, those one yard kind of QB sneaks. They're not afraid to, to put him in there. So. Yeah, I, I think that's a tough matchup. I do like some of the other ones. Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta. Um, they have all played the Bears this uh, earlier this year, a few, week ba- a few weeks back, actually. Um, you know, Gibbs had 18. Amon Ra, I believe, had a good game against Chicago. He had 17. And I think Laporta was the only one that didn't have anything crazy. Yeah, he had five points against the Bears. So um, this is at Chicago. So you would assume that the defense for Chicago would play a little bit better at home. Um, and we'll see. A-chain against Tennessee. Jeffrey Simmons, their big beast of a defensive tackle, is out for the next month, I believe. Probably out for the rest of the year, um, which is a big loss for that defense. So I can't see Miami really <coughs> putting up a lot of points against Tennessee. And I think A-chain is going to be a... Um, is going to take a lot of is going to take a lot of the points when it comes down the ground. Jamar Chase, we saw Jake Browning actually be able to throw the ball around a bit um, in their matchup against the Jags. They'll be at home against the Colts, and I don't think that defense is going to travel very well. So I could see the the uh, Bengals knocking off the Colts in that game. But um, when well, we don't know what we're going to get out of Kenneth Walker, he's listed questionable, and both him and Zach Charbonnet are questionable going into the game. That's the one that kind of both him and CJ Stroud where I don't think a lot of points are going to be scored, but Phil has a good, uh, has good, decent matchups that that defense will change. I, I highly doubt he's going to play the chargers against the Broncos. Um, but yeah, I, I think there is that possibility of that upset. Um, and I, I will say this. I feel like I've been wrong on Nick's team. A lot of uh, whenever I give my predictions for, matchups and different players um but I, I do like phil's team so far we'll, we'll see uh, as we go and we talk about this we'll see which way i, I land yeah i my questions with nick te- nick's team is that you mentioned you mentioned um a lot of the pieces on red cross squad for detroit nick is running out jared goff this week while it was a high scoring affair back in detroit um it was also a close game too um I believe the spread's pretty tight. I want to say it's a little over a field goal. I want to say it was three and a half or four and a half. Um, it's in division. Chicago, I don't know. There's something about Chicago, something about this matchup. I'm worried about I'm worried about the Lions. And I don't know. I, I can kind of see I can kind of see a slower game. I, can, I don't know what I'm getting out of Jared Goff. I don't like Ezekiel Elliott against Pittsburgh. I, I know that's the hot pickup right now with uh, Ramondre Stevenson going to be out in this upcoming game. Um, I don't. I don't want anything, anything with the Patriots offense going forward. And I think for this matchup, it sucks because we saw with Nick's team that little wrinkle of development, wrinkle of points that he can pick up is the addition of James Conner 
him coming back from injury. Last week he had a big outing. He had over 20 points in fantasy. And that is kind of that hidden element that can that can be beneficial for Nick's team because he's been a team that's struggled for points. Um, Aaron Jones has been banged up. Um, he hasn't had James Conner. He's had some real dud games from some of his wide receivers up and down the beginning of the year with like Debo and Devontae Adams. And James Conner was and like still is like no matter what, like what he's going through, whatever injury, get him on the field and you get him with Kyler, like he can be productive and having him out, being able to, I don't know. Did he have fab Jake to pick up Zeke? Cause I know that was a hot pickup. Heading into um, I don't know. I didn't look into, um, yeah, cause you're, I'm not why sure. would you? Yeah. Um, so I know that was, that's, that's a tough pickup. I have questions. He picked uh, him up for he, $2. He picked him up for $2. Wow. That's it pays to have a little fab at the end of the year, but questions that I have with him. I don't have with Depot Depot coming off his obvious, like best outing of, out of the year with four catches, one sixteen two, two through the air, one on the ground, 33 points. This is the Debo. This is the Debo that you got like not late last year. I'm, I may be mixing up years now because it seems like Debo's now been playing for a while now, but last year, two years ago where you got him on a bargain and then he was that like, pre Chris McCaffrey, like the guy has the ball in his hands. He's doing mm-hmm. everything. You mm-hmm. got a glimpse of that. And that's, what's exciting about Debo. That's why you plug him in. Even when you were plugging him along in week four, five, six, um, and even like week one, we were disappointed by like the low outings and just him not being effective. Now, a lot of those were injuries because week four, week six, he didn't have a carry and he, he had like one tar, like he didn't have any carries or any targets or catches, but he still played in the game. But, you play Debo for these these monster games that he can produce. You used to be able to play Devontae Adams for these monster games that he could produce. But, man, I uh, my comment in the last episode about, like, I think Devontae Adams is, like, the, wor- the worst of his, like, threesome that he has right now in the wide receiver. I mean, it's kind of hold to be true. Michael Pittman in this Colts offense with Gardner Minshew is, I, I don't want to say electric because then you're going to go watch them play, and then you're going to be like, what am I watching here? It's, it's like, yeah, it's definitely not electric. It's, it's efficient though. Yeah. It's like, no, it's, it almost reminds me of like backyard football. You're like, what are these guys doing out here? It's like a, it's Alec Pierce getting his like first touchdown in the, uh, and then it's Mo Alley Cox is probably still running around there. Like it's a bunch of guys that you just would, wouldn't like log into Madden, do a fantasy draft. Be like, Oh, I got to have this guy, maybe Jonathan Taylor, but like, they're not guys that actually stand out. But like you said, efficiency, and yeah. Michael Pittman is the epitome of efficiency all the way back from week eight. He's been on this stretch right now. Yeah, he really eight has. Catches. He's been awesome. Eight, 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 10, 11. And his always his problem was never really the receptions. It was yardage. He never was. He was a guy that was kind of used to move the sticks. He was never a guy to really stretch that the target wasn't that much. But you're seeing a great uptick. Last four games, 64, 84, 107, 105. Now, next thing with him, this Colts offense. God, it seems like ever since Andrew Luck left. This team didn't score points. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he, I mean, he only got a touchdown this last week. But, I mean, throughout the course of the season, and we go even further back since week six, you got three touchdowns. And that may not be a lot, but guys like Michael Pittman just don't score touchdowns. They're they don't. Scored. I believe last year, because you had him last year, I think he yeah. only scored in the first week of the season. I don't think he scored. He had that crazy, crazy game. He yeah, it was one, the very like, it was the it was game one. It was yeah. it was the first game of the season. And everyone thought, oh, this is, you know, Michael Pittman. 
this was last year, and then he, I don't I believe he didn't score again the rest of the year. He might have had another one <clears throat> throughout the season, but very much like was not what he was this season. This season, like you said, he's been he's been very efficient. He's catching. They're they're giving him a lot of those targets. They're treating him like what they should have been doing the last few seasons, and it, it's definitely more helpful when you have a guy like Gardner Minshew that, yeah, like he does just throw the football around and then you're kind of just like, well, this is kind of crazy. But like, I don't even remember who the quarterback was there last year. Oh, Matt Ryan, right? Yeah. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Um, and I think the last couple of years, and then there was Philip Rivers Sam, too. Like Sam L. L- Edinger. No, L- uh, yeah. Ellinger. Like, yeah, these guys aren't NFL Carson quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. They're just not very good. So, yeah, I think uh, Michael Pittman definitely. I think go- going forward, you have to play him, and I think even next year, I, I can. I think he's going to be a sneaky like fifth round kind of guy next year, where you're going to pick him up and you're going to be happy with him as your wide receiver too. I mean, you look back to what was a week four, or week five, where Anthony Richardson got hurt. Look at the first three weeks; he was still productive. Eight catches, eight catches, nine catches. And that was with the rookie. Uh, a rookie quarterback. And I believe Anthony Richardson got banged up in one of those games, but regardless, yeah, he, he got was, banged up in the Rams game or the Titans game. One of those two. Cause he was the Rams games. He was Rams. in there in overtime. And then he, he yeah, I think it was the Titans game, then the Titans game. And I believe he got injured early in one of the other games, but still Michael Pittman's good. It just needs comparable, comparable quarterback. And I really think the big thing with Indianapolis, not this year, because <laughs> there's a lot of hype around uh, kind of a, max value coach of the year odds is their new coach, the Steichen guy that they picked up from Philadelphia. That has been a major boon of this offense. Whatever that carries over to next year, he's going to be, yeah, DK. I would say like DK range, like some, like a, a, a high end wide receiver on maybe not like the top end, top end, like offensive teams, but when given, when given appropriate tools and appropriate passing game, like he could really step up. Another guy that we can wrap it up with the bow with rum runners and who I've been kind of pounding, pounding on as an option to take Devonte Adams out of this lineup is Devonte Smith. Now they're going against Dallas, which Dallas besides last week has just been the boogeyman. You don't want to play any of these top wide receivers against, but you look at his last three matchups, you look at his last five matchups ever since week eight mm-hmm. against Washington. That was that get right game where, where Washington has just been an absolute sleeve. And we, I remember A.J. Brown had a big one too, but still, we're getting 19 points, 12 points, 12 points, 20, 20. And usually with him, it's volume, and there's a little bit of inconsistency in terms of like how many receptions he's getting. You look at the last three weeks, eight targets, eight targets, 11, and he's catching the ball. He's more of the down downfield guy. We're looking at averages of 15, 16, 17. Last week was a little bit lower, p- piled in that touchdown though. They had nine catches. This isn't a guy that's just going to get phased out. They've shown they've shown an interest in getting him the ball more. You mentioned it. You kind of have a lean on this game. You think Dallas probably is going to take the victory in this one. It yeah. doesn't mean while, – while Dallas's offense has been prolific and Dak has been great and Philadelphia's, Philadelphia's defense has just been just brutal. Like, their offense still is decent. They're still going to move the ball. A.J. Brown's going to get it. I know they're going up against a tough Dallas uh, Dallas Cowboys team, but and I know it was a Deron Bland is that the the guy that's the yeah, pick the machine pick right six. now the yeah. pick six guy, but they're not 
while they're the number one team, they're not like this team that you have to avoid matchup. Devontae Smith has been inconsistent, and I can see maybe the scars that Nick may have about putting him in a lineup. You look at the last three weeks, you take that over what Devontae Adams has been producing. Even in a matchup against Minnesota, I will say Minnesota is probably secondary. It's not as good. Obviously, it's not as good as some of the top teams in there, but their front getting after the quarterback is pretty good. So that's a that's something that while you're not going to have those like lockdown corners that you would be scared of matching with Devontae Smith, they still are a decent defense that will get after the quarterback and kind of mess things up. And when I think about this like bad Oakland, this Oakland team where if they can't get through, they can't get anything through the air. They have a very comparable running back that not only will run the ball 30 times in a game that kind of offsets that pass rush, they'll throw the ball to him too. So I can almost expect where if that offensive line for Vegas isn't holding up against that Minnesota pass rush, that this could be a game where Devontae, yeah, I mean, he's always a threat to get a touchdown, but I, I, I don't see him getting max numbers. Where I do see a world where we're seeing more uh, production and more target value for Devontae Smith, even though it's a minus matchup against a good defense, he's been involved more. And that's always just been his issue about his involvement. Yeah, I... I... I actually think a lot of the reason why Devonta Smith has gotten involved is more of how the game plays out. In my opinion, what you kind of want in fantasy is players on good teams that have a good offense, of course, but have a bad defense. Um, because I think a lot of what Devonta Smith's numbers are um, correlated to is them having to catch up and them having to throw the ball a lot. Because if you look at some of these matchups, San Francisco, they were down after the first quarter and a half. And that's where Devonta had a lot of his points. Uh, Buffalo, they were down that entire game until they kind of took off in the last four minutes. They tied it up, went to overtime where he got some points as well. Kansas City, that was a game that was back and forth, but there was they needed to move the ball down the field. And he caught that big one for 50 yards in the fourth quarter. Um, you're looking at Dallas and Washington. The Washington games, if you actually look at those matchups, those were all over the place and back and forth the entire game. So I really think there's a lot of correlation with how this isn't the same Eagles team that it was last year where they had this shutdown defense and they would just run the ball and they would get t- uh, milk the um, clock and just you know, really have this time of possession. This is a team that's allowing a lot of points and a lot of yards to which it kind of translate into these inflated numbers from Devonta Smith. So I agree with you in the sense that I think you have to start Devonta Smith over Devonta Adams. Um, but I, I, I do think it, it's hard because this is like your first round pick, right? So it's always hard to really bench that person um, unless of course they're hurt or they're just having an absolutely terrible um, season. It's not like Devonta Adams has had a terrible season. He is still, um, you know, right now he's ranked 20th in wide receiver, which is not usually where Devonta Adams is, but there are some games still that he's getting, you know, 15. I mean, two weeks ago he had 17 points, but you know, a lot of that was because they were down, you know, so are they going to be down against the Minnesota team? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that's going to be a very, very tight game. And I can see that being one that's a little bit low scoring. Um, so I'm with you. I would take Devonta Smith when it comes to this. And who are you taking in this matchup, Jake? I mean, well, I've been wrong. Like I said, I've been, <clears throat> I've been wrong on Nick this entire season. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Nick. Wow, I'm gonna take Phil. I, I don't think I don't see him making the change 
I think I think Devontae Smith is going to be the difference. I think it's going to be close. I think Nick's going to lose out on his uh, first round bye, and he's going to be locked into a playoff spot. All right, we have another matchup with serious playoff implications. Fitch is pretty much at his area, in his area, when it comes to the standings. Can't really, he can't clinch a bye, and he also cannot be removed from the playoffs as he clinched a playoff spot. So he's most likely going to be either in the fourth or the fifth spot. Um, Pretty much, I think, for the most part, it looks like might I think might play Steph next week as a guarantee, but we'll have to look deeper into that. But he does face a Shane and quarterback sneaks, and there are as much bigger implications for a Shane as we've kind of touched on. If he wins and either one of um, Trey or Nick loses, he automatically gets a buy based off how many points he scores. Mr. Consistent this year. We were kind of talking about a Shane's uh, rankings as far as his players on his starting lineup. Now, there are other teams on here that could probably even make it look better. For instance, the Ravens defense is number two. And right now he has the Niners defense as number six. So there are definitely some some guys on his squad um, that just get a lot of points. And we're looking at someone like even a Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, number seven this year for fantasy quarterbacks. C-Mac, of course, number one. Derrick Henry has just shot up to the almost the top of the charts at number four now after you had traded him away. CD and Keenan, number two and number three. Dalton Schultz, number 11 right now. But, I mean, if you look at Dalton Schultz's stats this year, there are about four or five weeks where he got less than two to three points. And so, you know, if, if you had a regular week as far as six or seven points, he would definitely be in the top ten. Raheem Mostert at number two this year. He just continues to get touchdowns. They just move the ball so efficiently that he gets those touchdowns. And then even on his bench, you're looking at Puka Nakua, who um, has had his ups and downs the last few weeks, but he's a top 10 wide receiver the rest of this year. Nico Collins called it since day one. He was my hot take of the year, top 20 finish, but he is number 11 right now. And he is going to be their number one for sure the rest of the season. So, Shane has an embarrassment of riches. He is someone that I don't even know if he has to play matchups anymore. Um, and we'll, we'll spend the most of this matchup talking about Shane's team because Brian's team is good. But in my opinion, this this week really kind of belongs to Shane um, just based off of these players. Yeah, and I think while, while we talk about this embarrassment of riches, the only reason why this is such a magnitude of a matchup is because of him falling short last week and him getting put into a spot where where you and I both agree. And I'm going to set this question up for us next week, Jake. I'm going to put a pin in it because next week I'm going to ask you uh, at the start of the playoffs who you think is going to win. But I think you and I both kind of have the same mindset in terms of who we like as favorites and who we see. I see QB sneaks as that as – that, in the championship looking to seal victory Mm -hmm. and and while he has his runaway team they are susceptible to say it falling on the face every team is no duh so that's why him falling last week and getting put into this spot where while obviously it's not win or go home 
But just securing one extra week to protect yourself from the randomness that is fantasy football is so crucial. And Fitch has been a team that you've been very down on. I've been very down on. He's he's a playoff team, so there's not much I can say. Seven six. He's got a decent lineup, but QB sneaks is all about his guys just being able to deliver at kind of just this pace that they've been on the entire year. He's got guys that are just so cons- consistent. Um, he's got Chris McCaffrey. That's a walking touchdown. Like you mentioned it, it's six points. It, the score is already 6-0. You got Brock Purdy as of late that I was just arguing with Jake saying that I would take Brock Purdy over Justin uh, Herbert next year if I had a draft quarterback. Um, that is just pretty much almost the model of consistency. Um, 29 points last week. That's on the upper end. Um, it seems like he's throwing the ball a lot more. He's not going to... He had a little bit of spell week seven and eight where he was giving the ball up a little bit. But um, really, he just cut down on the interceptions and keep this pace that he's going on with touchdowns. He's never really been a touchdown guy through the air, unless it's going to McCaffrey. But three touchdowns, three touchdowns, one and four. You're averaging three every single week, especially on this 49ers team where where the depth of target is usually where like quarterbacks get their bread and butter. But with this team, you got so many unique options in the backfield that you can throw it to Debo, you can throw it to Chris McCaffrey, you can throw it to George Kittle in the end zone. Touchdowns are going to be a plenty for Brock Purdy, and he's been showing that he's been consistent. Um, CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott is on like is on fire right now. Dallas is on fire. CeeDee Lamb is obviously the, the most important catalyst for that number two ranked wide receiver. Um, ever since week eight is where you saw this kind of like crazy consistent. We got 35, 22, 34, 13, 15. Honestly, for like bad dips in the week, like dip matchups like you're t- you're taking that you're still getting touchdowns you're still getting the notification on your phone no greater feeling i have the stupid espn notification on and then if i don't look at my phone for like say like 20 minutes i get all the notifications and then i'm like oh my god please tell me they're touchdowns and i click on it and it says blah blah blahs in the red zone it's like that doesn't do anything for me because none of my guys get touchdowns he's got guys that when he gets a notification it's whether it's him it's christian it's derrick henry as of late they're they're touchdowns and CD has been the most consistent and right behind him, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen has been a very reliable, very consistent. If you look at the totality of the entire year, you're looking at maybe two dud weeks and you're looking at last week against new England, which was just, it was the kicker, uh, Cameron Dicker, the kicker show with just six Oh game, but he still had eight points. I'll take that for a bad week from, from any of my players. And then KC, he had seven points, but besides that, you're getting, you're getting high high teens, 20, even like 35 against Detroit. Now, you mentioned it, and I, I hate you mentioning it, but you get guys like Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry in the mix, Derrick Henry's always been that like absolute like boom play. Now, he's been consistent. Um, he hasn't been consistent this year. I traded him coming off of the classic. I had two bad weeks in a row. I was over one to get him off my team. As soon as he... Soon as he leaves, carry intake goes up. We look at a week eleven, he had ten carries, which is so unlike Derrick Henry. Week before that, in week ten, he had eleven carries. Then you look at week twelve, he's got eighteen carries. Week thirteen, he's got twenty one carries. That's where he makes his bread and butter. It seems like you get these like uh guys like Raheem or A Chain who are kind of muddled in this backfield with a lot of running backs where they have like these high average counts. Uh, did dictated dictated on like lower touch counts. Derrick Henry's the opposite. 
seems like the more you get him in the ball, the higher that average count is. And you can see it, 4.2 in week 12, 4.9. And then the touchdowns, that's really what's been his Achilles heel this season. He QB Sneaks has that perfect mix of not like balance of consistency of like active players and like boom players that will get you to like the baseline of like 100 or 110. He's got like that baseline and it's shown through his projected total of like 120 is like his baseline. And it's it's pretty special. It's pretty special to have a team um accumulated through trades. He's very active in trades. He's he's traded with you, traded with me. I don't know if he hit another one with another owner um this year, but he's very active. All the pieces are meshing and it all is coming down to this matchup because like I said, Fantasy football is so random. It is so, so, so random. While you and I probably see him at the finish line, you got to win this week. You got to just take the bye. You can't chance it. Well, I will say this. It has nothing to do with the Shane's team as far as the result. Looking at a Shane's matchup, there's nothing you can do when a team scores 148. The Shane over the last four weeks has not gone less than 131 points. That's crazy. Like there is nothing to do with the Shane's team in itself. It's just fantasy football. It happens. Those things, those crazy things happen, like you said, but it's not to the Shane's fault. Looking at his season, the entire season, he hasn't scored less than a hundred this entire season. Every single week he scores more than a hundred. I think and I've scored over a hundred twice. Probably. I think one, yeah, one of them was definitely against me. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, this this uh, Shane's team is a wagon, and it's one that like there is no stopping this team because if something happens, injuries happen in fantasy football. We're, we'll talk about Steph's um, team, but she lost two players in a span of twenty four hours, and there's not a lot of depth on her squad. She has a good squad, but there's not a lot of depth. If a Shane loses CD Lamb and a Raheem Moster, yeah, those are big losses, but. You can plug in a Nico Collins. You can plug in a Puka Nakua. Those are still very good players. Even Brees Hall, who's on his bench. Those are players that can come in and he can still score 120, 125, which is still a very good week. So, look, I understand that Shane has got to, needs to get this win. It's hard for me to think that he's not going to score a, less than that 125, less than 130, and I would be shocked if Brian gets there because Brian, over the last few weeks, has shown the complete opposite. Uh, he started out 4-0. He is currently 7-6, and six, so he has lost six of his last nine weeks. Nice. Um, but he has he's very much, the last four weeks, he's averaged about 95 points. Um, you're looking at, you know, four weeks ago, 87, then 98, then 99.9, so we'll call it 100, and then last week at 101. So you're looking at those four weeks where Brian is struggling to score 100 points. Um, even, I mean, I'm looking right now, there's only been one week since, since his four game win streak that he has scored more than a hundred. So this is what we talk about is we talked about how Phil's team, and this is who a Shane lost to last week has had these peaks and valleys of, yeah, he beat, a, he beat, he beat Nick's team back in week five with 153 points, but he also lost to me with 65, right? So like Phil's team is very volatile, just all over the place. Brian's team is very consistent and consistently bad. Um, now, he is getting Justin Jefferson back, which is going to be, of course, a big boost. We'll see how long it takes, though, 
for Josh Dobbs and Justin Jefferson to get on the same page. That doesn't, that usually takes a while. Um, and that Vikings team is trying to get into the playoffs. And so I, I do think it's going to take a while, but yeah, just touch on the Shane's team. I, I think this is a big week for him once again. Um, and, and they play a division team like the, as far as his quarterback and his running back um, and the Niners. So they play the Seahawks, I believe, and, and I at home and I don't see them slowing down anytime soon against that team. So for me personally, I think this is a very easy call. I, I see, you know, they played each other week five. Shane beat Brian 136 to 93. I honestly see the same thing happening this week. Dude, you totally took my thing. I'm going to say the same thing. Week five is 136 to 92. I'm, I'm seeing a complete, like, identical score. I see a big blowout here. QB sneaks. Going to win. I don't – I and I think how I – how I measured the Rum Runners matchup. I think he wins, and I think he nabs that second five. All right. We have our matchup of the season. It all comes down to this to enter the playoffs. Six and seven, Team Mercier. Six and seven. The cat. Hashtag nine lives. This game is for all the marbles, folks. This game is for the playoffs. This game is to match up against most likely a Shane and lose in the first round. But win and get in. Are you excited, Jake, or what? No, this matchup sucks. I am like, I don't even want to talk about this matchup because I'm looking at my team projected on 119 points or whatever. And then I look at your two squads and it is, it's something else. Um, but we will dive into this matchup. And just for <coughs> our listeners last year in our 2022 um, North side fantasy league, we had Phil and Steph the last week of the season in 2022, same thing, win and get in. And it was the most underwhelming last week win and get in matchup we've ever had. Um, I believe the score was something like Steph had 78 points or something. And Phil had like 65. It was one of the worst matchups we've had. I'm hoping that it's much more exciting than that. Um, I'm not sure if either one of you have Tennessee or Miami players, but. Uh, you actually you have Jalen Waddle, so I'm really hoping it comes down to that Monday night, because uh, those are those are always extremely exciting. Oh, and Saquon also plays Monday night as well. Oh, you got a bunch of players on Monday night, so we have. Uh, this is going to go the entire weekend. This is going to be fun. It's going to start tomorrow, whether or not Najee plays, and it's going to go entire the entire uh, four days of this weekend. I I don't know. I don't know. This is fun because I um, I live and die by fantasy football. I I carry it all week. I carry it. I carry it work by work, day by day. And me watching this all the way to Monday is gonna be brutal. Um, it sucks. Go. I'm looking at Sam's team going up against Matthew Stafford. Going going up against my favorite team. And uh, while Baltimore's a very tough matchup on the road, this Rams team has been has been struggling as like Cooper Cup keeps getting knocked out in games. So maybe I'm seeing a little plus matchup there. Um, but yeah, I don't, my team sucks. <laughs> my team is so freaking 
bad. And it's yeah. You know, you I will just in? say yeah, I just want to hop in and just let the audience know this is my this is the most frustrating stat in our league this year is that Blake has the least uh second least amount of points. He's number two uh, number sorry number nine with only about twelve points more scored than Phillips, who's at number ten. And then whenever you play Blake, you just yeah you have a terrible week because he is second in points against um in the sense of having the least amount of points against so you're talking about a team that doesn't score points and then when you play them these matchups that you've just had this year have been absolutely dog shit uh and they've been rough to watch of course the highest matchup i think that you've had all year was against me and i think i scored 130 and you scored like 140 something so um, leave it to the fantasy gods out there to, to smite me. But um, yeah, you've just had very just rough matchups this year, low scoring outputs, which just does not make for fun fantasy football. Well, I'm trying my best. So I've been preparing for not only this week, but a potential playoff run. While I do not have the sexy names, we're talking about Chris McCaffrey. We're talking about, CD Lamb. I have my my starting lineup. I have Jalen Waddle, who has just been an absolute disappointment. But we're looking at a, a, we're going up against a Tennessee defense that's 26 ranked. So we'll take that plus matchup. Now I'm gonna go through all this, Jake, and I already know what your counter argument is because we talked about it. But uh, Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton is the least sexiest guy out there, but 30th ranked going against the Chargers. So Cortland Sutton is a touchdown machine. This year, uh, we're looking at close to, I think, eight, eight receiving touchdowns this year. Um, going up, going up against a Chargers team that this Denver team has been playing inspiring football. Courtland Sutton's always a maybe one big play and a touchdown chance away. Saquon Barkley, you mentioned going up against 23rd ranked uh, defense. We got Javante Williams going up against the Chargers as well. 22nd ranked Justin, Justin Fields. Jake and I all have a coach of the year bet on Detroit Lions. So we watch a lot of Lions games and God damn, does that defense stink? Chicago's going up against Detroit at home, 27th ranked. I don't really care about defensive rank- rankings, but I picked up the Packers defense uh, this morning. We're projected at nine points. If I were to get nine points out of my defense, that'd be insane. 32nd ranked. Respect rank. Tommy DeVito. I, well, you know what, though, Jake, is that there's some grumblings that um, Tyrod Taylor might be back. Actually, so, that's probably better for the Giants. So that's bad for you. Yeah, it is bad for me. So um, I got other options. I'm not worried about that. I got Browns against Jacksonville. So that may be, uh, depending on what I see there, I feel like if. Uh, I feel like if Tyrod's in the game, I'll probably pull the Packers because even the Packers have been playing some good football. Anyways, um, yeah, my team is just a hosh posh. I, I got guys that um have shown, have shown no consistency. Like in all these guys, they have shown like multiple multiple weeks of them like cashing in on like four or three points. Evident of my sixty burger that I put up last week. So I have guys that have low, 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 low floors. But when I'm cashing in on these plus matchups and I got guys that um, historically, I guess, has put up big weeks besides Najee Harris. I mean, I don't know what I'm getting out of Najee Harris. He is questionable. They're optimistic that he's going to play against New England. I even think against New England, that's a tough matchup because that team obviously is their issue is offense, not defense. So – 
I got some question marks there. Um, I don't have anyone on my bench, but I got guys like Javante Williams, who uh, he's been bad the last three weeks, but I've seen 19 points. I see 17 points. I see him being a guy that can catch through the air against his bad, statistically, Chargers defense. Um, I see Justin Fields, who I picked up in that trade uh, for Derrick Henry. God, it hurts. Um, and he is coming off a bye against Detroit. I'm just hoping that I'm getting last season, end of the year, Justin Fields in this matchup. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley's had a lot of opportunities. Uh, his carry count has gone down since that Jets that Jets game week eight where he had 36. Um, but, I mean, touchdowns kind of been there. Last week against Washington, had two through the air. And last week, though, against New England, like he had plenty of chances. Um, coming up by against that Green Bay team. There's maybe some interest there. Like you said, a lot of Monday nights. I got an early Thursday. Um, if I'm rolling out with either Najee, I'll, I will say if I don't go Najee in the flex, I'm probably going to go George Pickens, um, which is disgusting. Cause it's probably, I think it's Trubinsky. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I want with my team. My team has just been, I haven't had a handle on my team all year. Normally, um, yeah, normally I got a little bit more consistency with my team. There's a reason why I make the playoffs every single year. Every Ever since I stepped into this league, I've made the playoffs. And um, while that is a very cool, like, sexy stat to say that I have that, my problem is is that I get in and I don't do anything. This is another situation. This is a survive and advance matchup. I got guys that are scrappy but have just put in bad outings. But I will say... I will say I'm planning against a team that has kind of have a similar vibe uh, with with Team Mercier. So I think anything goes, Jake. Well, let me get on here on this your team. I disagree in the sense that like this is a different team than you've had in years past. I will say in years past you you very much have some guys like the year Cooper Cup. I think won MVP. I think you had him. Um, I think last year you had some guys that were consistent. Um, and you showed at times some bad losses last year and some kind of, but you, we were scoring points. This team stinks. And like this team has no right to into the playoffs. Um, Cause you look at the rankings here. We just talked about a Shane's rankings. George Kittle is the only one that is less than what? 21 as, as, as ranking and position as a position player, as a position we're not player, count Dicker. Well, yeah, as a position player, which is crazy. Like, absolutely no way that this team, if you were to, you know, run, I'm sure if we were to, you know, put your team in a different schedules and stuff like that, like if you played my schedule, if you played a Shane schedule, I'm sure you have come <clears throat> nowhere near. If you were probably playing Phil's schedule, I'm sure you would be similar to what Phil is this year. It's just been a bad year for you. But... In fantasy football, things happen like this, where you get some breaks, you, you um, happen to win some tight matchups. I think you've had a couple this year that kind of broke your way. I'm not. I don't know if anything has gone really against you this year. Even like your losses have kind of been like bigger blowout losses. You really haven't had any tight ones. Um, but you're right there, and all you have to really focus on is trying to win this week. I do like a lot of your matchups. I do think your wide receiver matchups are plus matchups in both Jalen Waddle and Cortland Sutton. 
I do think Cortland Sutton has a good game against the Chargers. I do think Jalen Waddell goes can go off and get his 90, 100 yards against Tennessee. Saquon, I think, has a very plus matchup. Coming off a bye, I think, is huge. Justin Fields, you talked about how bad the Detroit Lions defense is. They are terrible. I see that being a high-scoring game, and I think both offenses do a really good job. So George Kittle, I think. I even like last week, what do you have? He didn't have a great week last week. He only had 68 yards on four catches. He played Seattle a couple weeks ago and only had 3.4. It's hard for me to see that come back around. I do think at home he tends to he tends to show up a little bit. So I do like that matchup. <clears throat> the Najee George Pickens one, that's a tough one because I personally wouldn't play George Pickens um against a New England secondary that's decent. And with Mitch Trubisky, I think that's just kind of a recipe for disaster. Um, But if Najee is out, it's kind of hard because you don't really have a lot on your bench. So that's going to be a tough one. Um, But I do think this this has potential for a week that I think you, you know, you went through like a two to three week stretch this season in the middle part of the season where you were scoring some points. Um, Two week stretch where you scored 139 one week against Trey. 141 against me. Those were by far your biggest wins of the year. Like not Which is close. so insane. Yeah. Because like <laughs> how? Like how did that happen? Yeah. And like none of that's the thing though. None of those guys were the guys that I'm starting this week, they weren't on that team. Justin Fields wasn't on that team. Javante Williams, Cortland Sutton, and Yeah, I mean, this I is mean, I, I will yeah. say that this is how bad your team has been. You had those two wins. You haven't scored more than 106 the rest of the season. Besides those those two wins, it's absolutely insane. But you are right there, and you have a matchup against a team like you said that is very similar to you. Where Sam has had a has had a season to where you know losing um, Kirk Cousins, losing Joe Burrow, and is kind of doing this patchwork um, to her squad. I don't know if you have anything else to say about your squad, or if we can jump. No, into I'm Sam's. done. I'm done. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, this is a tough – like, I thought last week's matchup against the Browns was tough. Matthew Stafford did a hell of a job last week with 24, 25 points, essentially, at 24.96. But this is on the road, which is different. And this Ravens defense has been <coughs> the best against opposing quarterbacks for fantasy. So, I'm very much concerned for her sake that, um, you know, in joking in our group chat, I said, you know, I would trade her certain players to – improve her team but Matthew Stafford that's a tough 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 ask for him I mean he's only projected 13 points for a fantasy quarterback which is super low that's less than Joe Mixon this week um so yeah tough matchup there but I will say her uh running back matchups this week are nice as well so you have Joe Mixon against the Colts you have David Montgomery against the Bears revenge game and you have Zach Moss against the Bengals now 16.1 for Zach Moss. I find that extremely high. I think around the 12 range should be for what projections should be because this is essentially saying that Zach Moss is scoring a touchdown. Um, and last week he had 19 carries for 51 yards. That's not going to get it done. Um, he's going to need to make sure that he goes kind of goes back to um, that the old ways when Jonathan Taylor was out those first four to five weeks. But looking at the rest at Sam's um, matchups here, Stephon Diggs against Kansas City. That's a favorable one coming off a bye. That one is on the road, however. Kansas City defense has been playing good. 
we watched them last week kind of get tore up a little bit on with Christian Watson um, against the Packers. Brandon Ayuk at home against the the Seahawks. I like that matchup for him. Um, and then just to touch on the Cowboys defense against Philly, I do think this is going to be a high-scoring game as well. We kind of talked about this with Devonta Smith. Like The Cowboys defense is good, but Philly can still move the ball. So we'll see. Jalen Hurts has turned the ball over here and there, but I still think they're going to put up points. So I don't think there's anybody else on Sam's team I would start over anyone, um, and I think this is going to be her roster uh, against you this week. And then we're not – I mean, I'm recording out of my wife's sister's, like, room. Like, we're not in, like, fancy studio. So during when Jake was talking, you probably heard his uh, ringer go. It's because I picked up two quarterbacks just in case she decides to pick up someone. I picked up Jake Browning, and I picked up Gardner Minshew. <laughs> I just picked up that matchup. It's the only other matchup I feel like I'm scared of. So, um, yeah, I mean – there's the the Sam's team, while has been more consistent, obviously has scored more points than me. But you look at like what she's done throughout this season, like she scored like ten points more in terms of like average. Like I'm looking at some of her losses. She has a she's got a one eighteen, she's got a one fifteen, a one oh three, she's got a one oh four. Like for me, that's a good week, <laughs> which yeah. is sad. Uh but I mean it's not in the realm, it's ten points, it's doable. I mean Touchdown here, touchdown there. My team can get up there. But where I have a little bit of optimism is that Sam has had, like, these, like, brutal weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. similar to what my team has. She put up 70 against you, Jake. She put up 89 against Fitch in week one. She put up 60 against QB Sneaks uh, back-to-back. She's on – while my team, ever since my two matchups against you, my team has been on a steady decline. Her team, though, has been – hovering in that 100 range this matchup really is just going to be a battle for who gets who gets like one of who gets to like 105 like if either of us can get to 105 then it's going to be surprising or difficult to see the other team kind of catching up i see being close and i'm going to go right into projections here and i promise i'm not doing this as a jinx um, now, if it happens to be a jinx, then I'll take it. I mean, I, there's nothing I can do about that. But I am going to take Sam's team in this matchup just because um, she just has better players. Like Joe Mixon, I'm happy that Joe Mixon and the Bengals are not playing in primetime because it seems like Joe Mixon always scores in primetime. That's true. That's awesome. Uh, David Montgomery. David Montgomery is one of those guys that will absolutely, like, tank this matchup. Like, he has, like... I would say him, I would say him, Diggs, and Ayuk. Ayuk's really, I'm not scared of him as much as I was early in the season of being a, like, over-the-top, like, sludgehammer 35 points option. I think Ayuk and Montgomery now in this range where you can get 12, 13 points. I don't have a lot of guys like that, but um, as long as those guys are maintained, they get to 12, 13. Um, guys like Diggs, I know Diggs is is going up against a really good KC defense, but I'm, I'm always in the realm to believe that he is a top three, top four wide receiver that even in this matchup where they're on the road and they're coming off a bye, But at this point of the season, I almost don't want Buffalo at home because every one of their games is in shit weather. Kansas city's not much better, obviously, but 
I'm I'm inclined to believe that weather conditions is what hampers production sometimes for Buffalo in terms of like the pass game. And uh, while this is a tough matchup against Kansas City, I still think I'm still going to believe that that Diggs is going to be someone that's that's approaching like 80 yards and a touchdown. That's just how he is. You mentioned Zach Moss, 60 points being kind of high against the Cincinnati team that. I mean, a little bit of identity. A little bit of identity was gained uh, with the Jake Browning out- outing, and usually when you have a better offense, like defense, kind of wakes up a little bit more. I think when you have a little bit more of like a one-two punch between both sides. So I don't. See, I'm with you. I don't see that 16 points, but it's Zach Moss, that backfield, we've seen him produce this year. So she's just got better players than me. It's just simple as that. I got some sexy names ish: Justin Fields, Saquon Barkley, Jalen Waddle, George Kittle. But I just I, I don't see my team matching her blow by blow. And by blow by blow, I'm not saying like I like I mentioned earlier. Not blow by blow like this is going to be a barn burner 140-130. No. This is going to be blow to blow like 95. I see I see I I see me losing like 92 to like 101. It's right in that range, kind of near the projected total. I don't see 110 out of my team. But um yeah, I see Sam taking this. I see Sam going to the First round of the playoffs. Um, I'm going to take your team. I'm kind of a sucker for matchups and not just like what I've seen over the course of the year. Because um, I really don't think, I, I do think Diggs and Ayuk are two guys. David Montgomery to me is always an interesting one because <clears throat> while he's gotten a touchdown in each of his last four games, um, <laughs> you know, is that, is that actually going to continue? It's hard for me to really buy into that. Joe Mixon, like you said, Mr. Primetime only really shows up when the lights are on. You know, two weeks ago, he had seven points, eight carries for 16 yards. Even before that, uh, I guess he had a re- receiving touchdown in the Baltimore game. But I don't know. I, I just I feel like it's one of those things where somehow, some way, you've kind of won these games where you don't really expect much. Um and although, yeah, I do think your team stinks, and I, I think Sam's team is is decent, um, and she definitely has better and bigger names than you. I just, I just I have a feeling it's one of those, it's one of those things again where Blake sneaks into the playoffs, and yeah, your team. I don't expect anything from your team in the playoffs. Um, I think it's another bye week for whoever's in third, but you know, I, I think somehow, some way, I could see a big Saquon game. I can see a big Waddle game and Cortland Sutton, um, Justin Fields. You know, I do think there's more boom potential for your team. Now, Sam, I think, has more consistency, but I could see a Stafford seven-point game. And that would be huge um, to not get a lot of points from from a quarterback. So it would put a lot of stress on the other, other guys to really try to, like, make up. Um, not that the projections for Stafford are high, but – you know, you are projected to win, and I think it's because of the matchups themselves and not necessarily um, the players. So I will take your team to win. <laughs> I agree. I think my prediction for team score, I think a 108 to 101, 102. I think both of you guys just barely crack 100. I do think it's close, and I think it definitely will come down to the Monday night, but that's where I think that matchup will go.